Welcome and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Psychor Water Cooler, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Psychor, including product updates, implementations, insights, getting the most out of your Psychor investment, and more. I'm your host, John Price, Global Psychor Practice Director and Psychor MVP at AmericanEagle.com. We're continuing our 2023 tour products in the composable ecosystem of Psychor with another key technology partner, Netlify. Netlify helps empower enterprises to build and deploy composable web experiences with any tech stack. With Sitecore's move to composable architecture, headless, and hybrid deployments, the need to partner with key technology offerings such as Netlify has become even more crucial. Today, we're going to discuss Netlify's offerings and place in the Sitecore ecosystem. I'm joined at the water cooler today by Conrad McDougall, Senior Agency Partner Manager. I've had the pleasure of working with Conrad for over five years, dating back to his days at Coveo. And joining Conrad is Jonathan Cipriano, Lead Partner Engineer at Netlify. Conrad, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, John. It's uh, really exciting to be here. Obviously, you and I go way back. And uh, what an evolution as well. <laughs> yeah. So really looking forward to this conversation today. Appreciate you having us on. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely cover some good ground. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, same here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. So, Connor, let's kick off the show with you today. Um, just We'll start with just something simple. Let's start with your role at Netlify. Sure. So my role at Netlify, I sit within our partnerships team. And essentially, my task on a daily basis, both at a tactical and strategic level, is to work with our agency or solution partners that are out there pitching a variety of different web solutions, uh, ensuring that they have a proper understanding of where Netlify fits, where we bring in value, and, and also sort of the broader vision of, of how we can drive success together, both inside and outside projects with solution partners out there. So a lot of work in, in RFPs, a lot of work tag teaming sales cycles with solution partners. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I have to say it's, uh, I've been doing it for a while now and it's, it's been uh, incredibly rewarding. And I've been at Netlify since February. So a lot of folks are still saying I'm, I'm kind of new, which is interesting <laughs> because it's been pedal to the metal since I began. but. Um, yeah, a lot of excitement in this space. Awesome. Yeah, it's great great to connect again. You and I have been working over working together for over five years, so it's exciting to be working together again, my friend. Um, Jonathan, same question over to you. I know you're more on the technical side, but just a quick overview of what your role is at Netlify. I lead uh, partner engineering. Um, I'm also on the partnerships team. I work on the technology partnership side, so we work with a lot of our you know, CMS, e-com, you know, database partners, um, and I kind of sit at the intersection between the business partnerships um, and product and engineering. Um, so day to day, I'm meeting with product managers and engineers internally here at Netlify, and I'm meeting with product managers and engineers of our partners as well. Um, and basically, I'm guiding our partners how to build a great integration um, on Netlify um, and how we can build software together between our two between our two platforms. I started around the same time as Conrad here. Um, I've, I've been here since uh, February as well. I've worked on previous developer platforms in a similar role uh, before this, but my roots are front-end development. Um, I had a long stint working for digital ad agencies and digital agencies building a lot of front-end JavaScript, even Flash and Silverlight. I'm probably dating myself there, but <laughs> um, spent a long time uh, in the trenches building websites uh, on the front-end. Awesome. No, I'm sure your experience is extremely valuable. I know we've enjoyed working with you guys so far, so great to hear it. You know, the listeners on the show is a pretty healthy mix. I'm sure a lot of the developers that are listening in have heard of Netlify or probably even have worked with you guys, but for more of maybe the markers or business decision makers that may have not 
or maybe is not as familiar with Netlify, can one of you just kind of simplify, you know, what is Netlify? What is it that you guys do? And what value do you bring to, to companies? Sure, I can, I can take that. And if you want to chime in, by all means, JC. So sure. uh, brass tags, what's interesting with Netlify is that, and part of the reason I've been so excited since joining back in February, is that we've had a very exciting and interesting evolution. The company dates back to 2014. We started, and I'm saying we started off, but let, let me put it this way. Developers and people know us for essentially providing a development platform to build and then host front-end solutions. Uh, so again, dating back to 2014, you know, and, and thinking to where we are now as it pertains to uh, Composable, Mock Alliance, and all these things, uh, a lot has changed since back then. But if you're looking at sort of the evolution of Netlify and, and where we came, where we've come from, it's really centered around enabling developers to be able to build and then ultimately deploy using our CDN uh, front-end solutions in the composable space. Taking that maybe a step further, uh, that's relevant to marketers as well. The mock alliance is something that has gained a lot of momentum in recent years. A lot of individuals that I know for, from back in the day when I, I used to work at a, a company called Coveo, which you mentioned before, there's been a lot of individuals kind of reaching out with, with interest around the mock alliance, especially in the past six months, I would say. And the reason that I mention it is because essentially when you're you know, looking at Netlify and us is sort of enabling uh, developers and individuals who want to be able to build and host their front-end solutions, we have a series of integrations into, I would say, the, the vast majority of the mock live vendors. So you think Contentful, Content Stack, Storyblock, all those guys on the CMS side. You know, now, obviously, Sitecore, who's been really focused on building out their composable strategy. So when you think of Netlify from a product perspective, you think about it as far as, again, enabling folks to sort of follow that flow and, and get them up and running with whatever web solutions they want to be able to deploy. But then more broadly, from sort of an experience and a knowledge perspective, when I look at, at our leadership team and our founders who, who sit on the, on the board of the Mock Alliance, they were the ones who coined the term Jamstack. They mm. were really driving this entire sort of shift to composable solutions and, and what that means for businesses going all the way back to 2014. So again, it's been a, a roller coaster type experience in the sense <laughs> where we're going up and up, which has been a lot of fun. But you know, brass tacks, that's sort of the area that we've played in traditionally. And then uh, as we dig in a little deeper and some of the changes that have gone on this year with Netlify acquiring Gatsby and then uh, recently, Netlify acquiring a visual editor for for composable solutions called Stackbit, hmm. um, kind of gives you an idea of you know maybe the the longer term vision of where we want to go as an organization. And again, me being here since February, there's been a lot of changes for the better, uh, and a lot of excitement around sort of this new vision that we have and how we've built on where we've come from to get to this point. Awesome. And then JC from the technical side, I mean, front end framework wise, you guys pretty open to any technology, any any specific technologies, front end technologies like React or Next.js you guys specialize in, or is it pretty much open as far as what people can use with your, with your platform? Uh, you know, we'd like to think we're pretty open to any technology you're bringing with us, whether that's a framework or library or a platform that you're trying to to integrate with. Of course, you know Gatsby being a part of Netlify, you know um, that's part of that's a framework that that we own and maintain. Um, you know, Next.js and React are obviously very high priority for us, but 
you know, in the true nature of composable, right? Um, when a customer or developer comes to us, we want to be able to support whatever tooling, whatever platform, whatever framework and library they want to choose. Um, so we don't want to be too prescriptive um, of one way or another, but we have a great solutions engineering team here um, who will sit down with you, you know, learn about what your goals are, what you're trying to build. And they'll obviously make recommendations on maybe some partners or some platforms or some technologies that will, that will fit uh, with the customer correctly. But uh, we want to be able to support everything as much as possible, as much as we can. Sure. No, that's great. Appreciate the overview, guys. Extremely helpful. Let's turn our attention a little bit more to the Sitecore ecosystem. I know there's been a recent announcement of an official partnership with Sitecore and Netlify, but you know, Conrad, maybe just give us a brief history on your partnership with Sitecore, some maybe recent developments, and just kind of the history of you guys in the Sitecore ecosystem. Absolutely. So first of all, I go way back with Sitecore, as you know. One of the sort of focal points of my role that was kind of described to me really early on is my knowledge around Sitecore, sort of how the ecosystem works. Obviously, I mean, I was a Sitecore, not to plug myself too much, but a Sitecore ambassador MVP for a number of years. So, you know, knowing guys like yourself and, and sort of the key players in the Sitecore ecosystem has helped a lot to kind of shape our, our broader strategy on how we want to go to market with Sitecore and how we want to be engaging with uh, sort of the top tier solution partners like yourselves to be able to drive value in the space. As far as timeline goes, I'm sure before I joined back in February, you know, sort of this idea of approaching vendors like Sitecore and examining partnerships with them at some point, you know, sort of came up in discussion. But when we really put things into practice was back in the spring, as far as kind of getting out there, meeting with the who's who, getting connected with uh, Sitecore's tech partner leadership, uh, going all the way up to Dave O'Flanagan, uh, you know, as far as the, the leadership level goes and sort of getting sponsorship from him. Uh, and then also interfacing with uh, with Steve, Sitecore CEO, as well on sort of how we we want to be able to build this out. So it dates back to the spring timeframe as far as when the building blocks started to get put in place. The first real sort of headfirst dive into Sitecore as far as uh, the ecosystem goes, and then also me kind of being out of the Sitecore world for a minute, now coming back into it was during Sitecore's DX event uh, back in, in Boston a number of months ago. And obviously, you know, you and I caught up, John. <laughs> I know as usual, you know, getting pulled in 10 million different directions. But that was sort of where we spent a lot of time putting a lot of the ideas and thought processes that we had around this ecosystem into place. And what I mean by that is we wanted to, with myself and then the VP of our team, Stephen Larson, wanted to sort of really sit down with, with partners and dig in recognizing that Sitecore solution partner strategy, they're very partner focused um, and the entire ecosystem is sort of driven by the, uh, you know, by this ecosystem of partners. It was a very busy day to put it lightly. I think we maybe had 10 or 15 minutes total of downtime between running from <laughs> one booth to the next. But what it did help with was one, we spent about two hours sitting with a Sitecore's partner leadership team. And we also, at that point, we were you know, already kind of in deeper technical discussions around what an integration would look like. And more importantly, what Sitecore, you know, is sort of looking at us for. And I think there's a number of things that they're in, you know, there's a number of reasons why they're engaging with us. And the, the one that I would put above all else is for one, obviously having, you know, more options as it pertains to development and hosting is going to be better for them and, and better for you guys uh, and the rest of the community, no matter what. But more importantly, recognizing to my point about 
know, members of our leadership sitting on the mock alliance and coining the term Jamstack and just sort of being thought leaders in the composable space. And obviously where, where Sitecore is, is headed and with the amount of focus they're placing uh, at an organizational level around composable solutions, there's also an angle of them turning to us for education for clients and for assistance and sort of driving the composable, narr composable narrative forward and driving the value that goes into that uh, in conversation with clients as well. And that's really what we've been doing ever since the, the Sitecore DX event. You know, we've signed some clients uh, that are, have been incredibly satisfied with what they've done, especially the speed at which they, they've managed to go live, uh, which we can get into a little bit later. Uh, but taking that, you know, those conversations at that point to where we are now, uh, you know, JC, you can speak to, to the you know, deeper levels of our integration and everything else. But we have an integration today. Uh, the goal was to be able to support both sort of hybrid headless solutions that are set up on, on XM, but also, of course, being able to support Sitecore's flagship composable CMS, XM Cloud. And we've, we're now in a, in a position where, you know, there's been a lot of inbound outreach. How do we get involved? How do we get going? Uh, a lot of rekindling relationships from back in the day, which I've thoroughly enjoyed, uh, to open up conversations around how do we drive value together. And now we're sort of what I would, you know, we're, we're sort of on the precipice of something big with Sitecore. There's a lot of kind of exciting things coming down the pipe as we get into the fall months. But yeah, I would say up till today, there's just been a, a lot of work done both from an integration perspective, getting that up and running, signing some clients, generating some hype, building some momentum. And you can definitely expect to see us uh, in Minneapolis at the DX event and then going forward to have much more of a presence in the, in the Sitecore ecosystem, uh, which I'm really excited about. Awesome. That's a great overview. JC, anything you can uh, drive as far as um, tactical advancements you guys have made specifically with Sitecore this year from a product perspective? I can speak to that a little bit uh, at a high level. Um, so we have you know, some customers on uh, Sitecore on Netlify now. I think what we're really focused on working on at the moment is just the developer experience of building and deploying your Sitecore websites on Netlify and everything that comes along with that. Um, so making sure it's going to be well-documented, putting you know their Sitecore's developer tooling through its paces on, on Netlify and making sure it's, it's compatible and you know, addressing things and making maybe making some improvements that make it easier for the developer to build and, and deploy and, and maintain sites. So that's where we're, where we're at right now. You know, Netlify is all about, has always been about just lowering barriers for, for developers. Um, and we try to apply that when we work with partners as well. So whenever a partner wants to work with us, you know, that's kind of my job to kind of look at what that developer experience is going to look like when they try to integrate the two platforms and try to make it as easy as possible. I always try to say like, as close to one click possible as possible, <laughs> but you know, um, you cannot you can't always get there. But you know, that's kind of the, the goal, right? So we always say that you have one we have one time to make a first impression, right? Mm -hmm. So right when the right when a developer um, attempts to deploy or or build um, you know the partner technology on 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 Netlify, um, that's when you're making your first impression there. Like if it's really easy to do and nothing breaks and everything works as expect as expected. You know, you're going to be in the right mind frame of you know building out the rest of your website and and maintaining um, maintaining your website um, and and hopefully thinking that you're going to have a, a great experience working with both of the platforms. So that's where my focus is at the moment with on the developer experience side and, and how that all works and working with uh, some architects and senior engineers um, on the Sitecore side to build that out. Awesome. 
this is a perfect segue into the next thing I wanted to ask you guys. And, you know, there are other options out there. I mean, in the composable space, you know, for, for a lot of clients, it is, it's, it's become a little bit more complicated, right? Not just from, you know, the front end hosting side or development side, but just there's a lot of options you can pick from now. So for the listeners on the call, right, you do guys, there are a few other options out there, you know, so what are some of your competitive advantages and differentiators maybe against some of the other solutions a Sitecore client could pick from? I, I can speak to things at a business level uh, and the JC naturally, if there's anything you want to add from the technical side, by all means, how we kind of approach competition is, is interesting rather than sort of, you know, singling out, obviously we know who the, who the competitors are and uh, you know, we have, we know how we, we stack up against them, but what we always try to do is zero in on Netlify strengths. And what I mean by that is, is taking feedback from clients that, have deployed on Netlify or live on Netlify and, or have maybe, you know, leveraged several of our products outside of, of just hosting and then sort of relay that back internally and double down on our strengths. And of course, over time, you know, try to, uh, you know, to improve in areas where we're not necessarily weaker, but that could use some work. And, and what I would say, what I mean by all this is, one of the things that I've noticed in my time here so far, and one of the key points of feedback that has now come from partners on an ongoing basis, uh, but I would even deem more importantly customers, has been the way that we engage with clients throughout the entire sales process and then post-sale uh, with our engineering teams and support teams in particular. And to kind of double click on that, the feedback that that I've been, you know, that I've seen both written and verbal coming from uh, pretty much, er, you know, every call that I've been on or most calls, you know, I'll, I'll leave that little bit of leeway for, uh, you know, for interpretation. But most calls and most clients that work with us, what they point out is that, you know, they really receive white glove support from start to finish. So when they're getting messages from our SDR folks kind of opening up a discussion I think we do a really good job zeroing in on pain points that are relevant to clients rather than trying to shove a solution down their throat that they don't otherwise require and also qualifying in and out. I mean, we have, you know, self-serve tiers, self-serve tiers for Netlify as far as our pricing model is concerned, where you can, you know, literally just sign up, pay with a credit card and deploy your own personal blog as you see fit uh, on whatever, you know, stack you, you want to be able to, uh, you know, to execute this type of project on. And then of course we have, you know, our, our enterprise plans that are designed for large organizations or organization, you know, mid to large organizations that are building and deploying solutions in the, in the composable space and the feedback that, that they provided and the folks on the, on the self-serve plans as well is one, a very positive experience from a product perspective, but two, when we get into some of these large organizations and I, you know, we both know this or all three of us know this really, really well, but, you know, calling back to some of the projects we worked on back in the day, John, where, the types of challenges that businesses are having, you know, are not the types of feedback points that you're going to find on a Reddit thread about front-end frameworks. And they're not the type of questions that are going to be asked on Twitter or now X. Uh, it's just a different selling model and it's a different solutioning model as well. And I think this is something that Netlify has embraced. It's something that I've seen coming out of the organization. It's something that has been celebrated by our clients that every single touch point they have from the SDR to the account executive, to the customer success manager, to the support team in particular, we've got you know, an endless amount of positive points of feedback about our support team is that we go far beyond just you know, troubleshooting 
individual sort of framework or developer-oriented questions. And we really present a cohesive package and a cohesive model from a product perspective, but more importantly, from a support perspective at each of these individual touch points. And the types of conversations that we're having to maybe you know, get a little bit more specific. And this is, again, kudos to our customer success team and our account management team, and also the support engineers that are involved and, and solution engineers that are involved in those discussions, is that we're, we do a really good job troubleshooting you know, enterprise-level challenges that leadership folks are facing and elevating the conversation to those types of profiles and organizations so that we're, we're getting beyond just you know, hey, I need to host my front end site and, you know, there's how much budget I have. And, you know, there's however many options out there. So we're just talking to you guys to, to check a box. We've done a really good job transforming a lot of those discussions into, oh, well, you know, actually there are X, Y, and Z challenges that my, the entire organization is facing, raising awareness around how can we be more than just a technology vendor on a list? How can we truly be a partner that is going to embrace an organization's growth plan over the next three to five to 10 years. And especially with this, again, bringing it back to Sitecore, with this focus on XM Cloud, I mean, and just being a part of the Sitecore ecosystem, all of these engagements come at, you know, uh, at the enterprise level. And we're talking to universities, to FinServe, to all these different companies, and, and the types of questions that they have and the types of challenges that they see are very different from the technology companies in Silicon Valley that are stoked about you know, beta features in Next.js. And, you know, we want to test this out and we want to do this. And we have a, a roster of those clients uh, and, and definitely appreciate them. But at the same time, now as we're sort of continuing to embrace very large organizations that when they're engaging on an RFP or a project, they're really going through a full digital transformation. And I think we do a really, really good job up against the competition in embracing that type of solutioning model and uh, employing a uh, presentation and engagement strategy that's really conducive to, you know, enabling them to achieve long-term success. I definitely want to hear from JC in a second, but just a really couple of really quick, important points that you mentioned, Conrad, I want to highlight is you guys aren't out there just slinging software, right? You're trying to solve business problems, right. you try to tie back value, and then you're seeing it through, the, through to the end as an actual partner. That's great to hear, right? I'm sure some people that work with some larger software companies may not feel that. So knowing that you guys are putting that focus on it, definitely probably lead to a lot of your future term success. That's great to hear. So we'll, I definitely want to hear about some more specifics on some actual maybe customers you guys have worked with or some some good examples there. But before I do, JC, you know, back to you as far as like competitive advantages or just differentiators of you maybe versus the competition. Anything else you want to highlight from a technical side? Yeah, I think, you know, what Conrad mentioned, I think is is really important for decision makers and, and engineers and developers. I think obviously, you know, when you, if you look at our feature tables and you do like these comparisons, you know, you'll see that, you know, there's some security things that we have on the technical side um, that are a competitive advantage, I think for us. Um, maybe it is the uh, the diversity of frameworks we support, or you know, the, maybe how agnostic we are when it comes to framework support on on our platform. Um, obviously, there's, there's there's those type of things um, as well. I think you know once you've done the demo and you've gone through the comparison of feature to feature, I totally agree with Conrad. There is um, how we work with the customer um, at an engineering and, and an architecture level, um, with our solutions engineers all the way down to our support engineers. Um, is really great. You know, I've I've worked on a few developer platforms before. You know, I've been a customer um, building websites and working with uh, technology solutions, um, and the team is really is really great here. I really enjoy seeing how 
how how they work. You know, just to give a, a a couple a couple of examples. You know, we had a very large customer that wanted to run like a massive load test on their own infrastructure and 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 on, on ours. Um, and our support engineers really, you know, dug in. You know, kind of asking like what their objectives are, what they really want to test, and kind of help them tailor a, a load testing plan that will help them, you know, reach their goals and 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 so on and, and so forth. Another example, most recently, you know, we recently signed like a large a large retailer, um, and they were looking for a security solution for their for their website. And a solutions engineer reached out to me and and was was just dropping some some possible names of some solutions that we could that we could implement and integrate with um, ones that we didn't have um, any partnerships with, um, and that conversation kicks off you know a whole new partnership for us, right? So then I step in, I reach out to, you know to this company that may offer a solution, and we start talking about how are we gonna how we're gonna integrate this together, how can we work on you know delivering a security solution for this you know joint customer. Um, and then let's build an integration that you know our all of our future customers can utilize together. Um, so we really dive deep into at a technical and, and engineering level and try to try to address their solutions, their their issues directly and and the, their objectives directly. And I think that's really kind of our competitive advantage when, especially when it comes to this enterprise level, uh, because the the needs are, are a little bit different, right? Um, what what they're expecting from you are different, um, and I think. Uh, I think we deliver that as as a whole. Awesome. And you just kind of sparked an idea and question in my head. I want to ask you both, right? And, you know, through your experience so far in qualifying these and helping clients and just say working with agencies as well, you know, what's the biggest piece of advice you could give somebody when they may be considering composable or when they're considering a Netlify? Like what are some things that people maybe don't think of or something that you guys have even learned yourselves? Like what are some important things that people maybe overlook that should be on the forefront of their minds when they're making this type of decision? I have an answer for the agency side. And then I think I've got some perspectives for the client side as well. And they're kind of different. Uh, and there, and there's a reason for that. But and they, I mean, these conversations are ha- actively happening these days, you know, with with sort of the folks I was working with back in the day uh, at these different agencies, but also with, with new agencies that are maybe sort of newer to composable and building out their strategy and trying to figure out the, the building blocks that go into that. And what I've been telling agencies, and again, you know, take this as you will, maybe from a different perspective for somebody that's been on the periphery of composable and now, you know, has been knee deep in it since February. But what I've been telling agencies that are interested in the mock alliance and are kind of building out their composable strategy is to be opinionated and examine and do your research. There are a lot of options out there. It seems like every other day, there's a new member being brought into the mock alliance, which is very (laughs) exciting. But at the same time, as a result of that, and since a lot of organizations that are maybe looking at how to build out their composable strategy are sort of turning to the mock alliances as sort of a guide rail for how they should be uh, pursuing composable uh, as a practice area on the agency side and, and also on the client side as well. How are there, you know, again, a lot of hype around the mock alliance, but at the same time, there's a lot of like actionable uh, pieces of information uh, that you can pull from it. So I've been telling agencies to be opinionated. And what I mean by that is, again, there's so many different options out there. And it's kind of goes back to, you know, the, the old saying of jack of all trades, master of none. And not to throw shade, I'm not naming any names, but there are definitely... I would say individuals, uh, maybe organizations to a degree out there 
that kind of follow that fall into this bucket where by virtue of trying to stay, you know, tip of the spear as far as frameworks go and maybe changing CMSs every other quarter to try to pursue, oh, this is the the, the latest new shiny toy and this CMS is like the gold standard. Uh, but what I have seen, again, since, you know, again, being on the periphery and then sort of being in the space now since February is things change really fast, you know, and there's new solutions and there's, there's hype about different solutions. And even looking at sort of the different technology partners that I've been engaged with and, and looking at how their, you know, selling models have evolved in whatever, you know, eight months. And then looking at Sitecore now, how their messaging is like, you know, you would almost think they're, they're kind of a, a contentful where they're, they're one of these composable only type of solutions. And it, it's obviously creates a lot of excitement, but at the same time, I think both on the client side and the agency side, you know, do your research and have a lot of conversations. And what's great about different events, you know, around, I was at Shop Talk uh, a couple of months ago and there's like a mock alliance event. And it was my first time really getting out there, catching up with some familiar faces, but also really kind of, you know, taking a, you know, diving headfirst into the, into the composable ecosystem. So I had conversations with content stack. I spoke to big commerce about their composable strategy. Uh, I was talking to elastic path, a bunch, you know, which is a, um, a commerce offering in the, in the composable space. And everybody sort of has their flavor of how things should be done. Same thing with Storyblock as well. I spent a lot of time with them. And what I realized is that there's a lot of, there are definitely a lot of similarities from a product and technical perspective. Obviously there's, you know, some perks to certain solutions versus others, uh, especially at the CMS level, because so many options out there, but it's really easy to get caught up and to get confused and to, you know, to end up in a situation where the decision maker at, let's say a, you know, a university higher ed or, or some of these more you know, industries that are not tip of the spear that want to go composable, but don't necessarily have all the, the different pieces of information that they're required because there's a lot of information needed to make those types of decisions. And what happens, you know, is that they have all these vendors come in and you've got, you name it, off the mock alliance. And they're all coming in, they're pitching their solution and they're talking about, it. and ultimately they're saying, you know, it's different, again, different flavors, but they're saying a lot of the same stuff. So what happens is that you'll have a number of different things go on, but ultimately when it comes to the decision maker who again, for these types of industries is not going to be, and I mean, in most cases is not necessarily going to be a technology first type of profile or a web developer, or just a, you know, somebody that's knee deep in frameworks day in, day out. And they ultimately, you know, make the decision, oh, we're going to pump this out to next year. It's too much, too much for us to take on. You know, we have to sign so many different contracts. So that's why I say like be opinionated and, and reach out and do your research and expect that to be, expect it to be a process. Don't expect it to be you know, a quick digital transformation and boom, you're all set up and you've got, you know, you're on uh, sanity and commerce tools and whatever, you know, whatever else. Employ due diligence, make sure that you spend the right amount of time and, and really grill these vendors. You know, we get grilled all the time. So it's expected. It comes with the territory. And um, yeah, I would just say really do your research and learn about Composable as a technology ecosystem and then dig into things like, you know, okay, we're going to talk to X, Y, and Z platform and, and kind of go from there, but don't expect it to be a really quick turnaround as far as making a decision. Um, if you want to make the right decision, but what you can expect is, uh, you know, timelines to be significantly reduced as far depending on the project, as far as getting a project live or getting some sites live. Uh, and that's what's, you know, that's where 
kind of we come in and, and what's been exciting about Netlify. Uh, but yeah, do your homework. Awesome. Those are, those are really great insights and great advice. JC, anything on the technical side, people that they should be considering kind of forefront of mind? Yeah, just to double down on that again, Connor, that was really great. I think, you know, do your research, do your homework. Like if you're a developer or engineer, I would say stay open-minded, be open-minded. You know, some developers are always want to be at the cutting edge and they're going to be, oh yeah, I know about composable and serverless and headless and that's the direction I want to go. Or some may be, you know, more traditional and, and be attached, you know, to their development workflows that they rolled themselves. But, you know, kind of be open-minded and, and kind of learn about, you know, what type of solutions um, are out there. I was having a conversation with our head of partnerships the other day after coming off a partner call and, you know, if you're going headless or composable or going with a platform like Netlify, it's really you're adopting like a developer or development philosophy, right? Um, there's plenty, there's many ways to build websites, deploy websites and maintain websites. But if you're going with a solution like uh, Netlify, it's, it's, it's opinionated. You know, obviously we're biased and we think this is where the future is in, in the composable space and, and, and using all of the uh, uh, services that, you know, Sitecore and, and, and others provide. Um, but especially if you're a large organization, make sure, you know, the leaders, the engineering leaders, you know, the, the marketing leaders, whomever that is going to be affected by this, um, are bought into it. I think, um, especially if, uh, you know, if, if the decision is made and, you know, maybe an engineering team is not bought into it, it's going to be kind of a, a little bit of a battle, um, to, to maintain your websites and, and deploy your websites where you may not be taking advantage of, um, our build systems um, and you know, the, the composable nature of 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 these of the websites and everything. So uh, be bought into it and understand what you're getting into. See the value of it. Um, and you know, once you do that, you, you, it may not be the solution for you. you it may be the solution is you, you know you stay on 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 AWS and you know you're you're rolling your own um, you know type of platform there that's custom tailored to you. But yeah, you know, be open minded. Do your research. Do do your homework. Make sure you you understand the value that you're getting out of it and make sure the the whole organization does um, as well. I think that that's, that's my strongest tips. And whenever we engage with a partner for the first time, or when I've ever been on calls with our solutions engineers, we, we that's kind of what we try to address first, right? Um, do you know about Netlify and, and, and platforms like us? Uh, you know, do you know about, you know, composable approach to developing websites? Um, and if they don't, that's where we try to educate and then help them make that, help them make that decision but i think that comes first um and then everything else comes comes after like you know who you choose to work with all the technology works itself but i think understanding that first is 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 really is really really important awesome no really good insights guys great advice last question of the day here um i always like to ask the the guests of the show like you know can you share a customer or an example of a customer that's using netlify really well right you don't necessarily have to name the actual customer, like the actual company, but like any great examples lately, even you know, if, if on the Psycho ecosystem, even better, but just any examples of customers that are using Netlify really well or something that you say, hey, this would be a really good you know, way to kind of use things in the future. So I think we've got two examples. Maybe JC, if you want to dig a little bit into the very large insurance company out of, of Switzerland on, that, on Sitecore. The one that I wanted to share, because I think it's got a lot of recognition uh, across, especially the developer community, but any any gamer out there is going to know this company really quick. But 
Riot Games has been a, an amazing partner of ours. Uh, they kind of embraced their composable strategy a little while ago. We've been working with them for quite a long time and, and they're sort of expanding the way that we, we collaborate on a regular basis. And I think it's, it's simple. The reason for that is just the successes that they've had with the platform. We've got everything from a full, you know, recently published full case study with them to some video content and interview to uh, quotes from them about, you know, their positive experiences and obviously not to throw too much out there, but looking at the successes they've had, you know, we're looking at metrics like website build times going from 15 to 25 minutes to three to three to five minutes, project planning, being able to collaborate within the platform, you know, them being bogged down by two to three week release schedules. Uh, that have now been reduced to less than three days. Uh, so, you know, agility improvements. Uh, also reduction, significant reduction in bandwidth, obviously as you know, the folks out there are aware with uh, games like League of Legends, you have to imagine that there's gonna be extremely high traffic uh, as far as individuals wanting to learn more or just, you know, read content about the game or everything that goes that goes into that. And we've actually managed to, you know, reduce their bandwidth usage by 65%, taking them down from 200 terabytes a month to less than 70 terabytes. And the, this is the type of impact that we're having, you know, and that we've been having uh, since we, we started way back when with organizations like Riot Games, who again, been, you know, amazing partners, very quick to, you know, to, to engage with us and, uh, especially upon seeing the value that they're getting, as I mentioned, uh, continue to, you know, to invest in Netlify as, as a, a product, but more importantly, as a partner. And the last thing I'll sort of cap things off with is uh, one of their senior web developers actually uh, delivered a quote that we have in our case study. And it's a, a relatively short quote, so I, I'll just read it off here. Uh, we aspire to be the most player-focused gaming company in the world, and Netlify absolutely carries the same spirit of aspiring to be the most developer-focused technology company in the world. Ultimately, there was a sense of deep collaboration, understanding, meeting our business requirements, and providing extremely knowledgeable and highly professional solutions every single step along the way. The entire team demonstrated what means not only create and facilitate a smooth transition, but also showed what a good partnership for web-based experience looks like. When two different companies share the same level of passion for users, magic happens. So going back to what I was saying, or what we were, we were all kind of hitting on earlier, John, um, as it pertains to how we approach customers of this caliber and or of all calibers and the level of support that we provide, I think that quote, uh, you know, especially for somebody that's coming from somebody that's hands-on with the product and that is seeing the value being delivered in real time, you know, I think it's incredibly impactful. And that's obviously the, the level of service that we've been providing and that we plan on continuing to provide. Uh, so if anything, you know, again, with a company like Riot Games and uh, the amount of engagement that they get as far as their player base, uh, it's definitely you know, something to be celebrated, getting that type of quote from the team. And uh, yeah, there's more exciting things to be coming down the pipe with uh, with both Netlify and Riot Games. Awesome. That's a great case study. JC, any examples out there that you want to highlight from the technical perspective? Anyone that's using the platform really well at the moment? Yeah, I think. Uh, Conrad mentioned it earlier, you know, earlier this year, we worked with a very large insurance insurance company, um, out of, uh, out of Switzerland that wanted to uh, deploy Sitecore on Netlify. Um, and this is one of the first like engagements we had, I think with Sitecore on, on Netlify and they were, you know, going through their, the deployment process, um, and they were running into a few snags, 
here and there. And I do think they probably would have figured it out um, on their own just by us answering some questions every once in a while. But going back to kind of how we show up uh, with our customers and to help our customers, I think we, we really dove in there um, and, and solutioned something um, for them that would that would work, whether it was their solutions engineer going off and doing their independent research and finding some things there or us working, you know, with, uh, with, with Sitecore to, to figure out what the solution was going to be. Uh, I think that provided really good experience for their engineers, engineers there. I think it was just a really great example on how, you know, we worked together on, on our side and delivered a solution. So the solution engineer ran into some issues that they were running into, did a bunch of research. You know, he fed that over to me. Like these, these are the technical issues that they're, that they're running into. How do we solve this? You know, we were really early in our Sitecore partnership, so I started reaching out to some of the engineering contacts over there and you know, saying, "This is this is where it's failing." You know, where do you where do you think it's uh, it's going wrong? Um, and then over a relatively short period of period of time, with the information we provided, Sitecore just you know provided a guide, uh, step by step. You know, this is exactly what you need to do to deploy, um, you know, your Sitecore site on on Netlify. Uh, we gave that over to. Uh, the customer um and it worked worked right away and they were extremely happy right um with you know obviously there were there was some time there where things people were getting kind of getting a little bit nervous but um the solution worked right when right when we right we when we delivered it so i think that's a good example of you know how we show up and help the engineers that are at, at these companies that work with us uh, to help them deploy and and how we work with our partners um as well and that kind of laid the foundation of, you know, what we're working on at the moment, you know, uh, some lessons learned there on how can we make that a little bit easier? What can we use there to scale up and provide to, to other developers and customers um, as well? So I think that was a, that was a really good example of, of that. Um, you know, keep an eye open on our case studies and stuff like that. You might actually see something there and, and more information on exactly who that is and how that all panned out. But Awesome. Really appreciate the insight there, JC. Conrad, Jonathan, really good conversation today. Really appreciate your time coming on the show. Thanks for joining us at the Water Cooler. I look forward to working uh, with both of you more and more, you know, collaborating both with more of you in the future. And again, I hope to have you both on the back on the Water Cooler again soon here. I know Minneapolis DX is coming up, so maybe we can schedule something late this year, early next, and uh, hear more about the great insights and uh, the developments Netlify has coming again soon. Absolutely. Sounds great, Sean. Really appreciate you, you hosting us today. Great conversation. And uh, again, I mean, we're really just, for all intents and purposes, the start of this journey. So yep. the next time we chat, we'll, uh, you know, in this format, we'll definitely have more to share. And uh, mm -hmm. for anyone out there listening, never hesitate to hit us up. We're, uh, we're always game. Cool. Thanks for having us. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks again to Conrad McDougall and Jonathan Cipriano from Netlify for joining us today on the Sitecore Water Cooler Podcast, a casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Sitecore. I'm your host, John Price, and until the next time we meet at the Water Cooler, be sure to subscribe to the Cycle Water Cooler podcast wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios, with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson, Julia Klepich, and Brian Winger. 